Hello and welcome to the one hour a week podcast, a 30 minute ministry podcast. I'm Rusty Mott here with Jared Hallier. I'm Jared Hallier here with Rusty Mott. Jared, Jared Hallier is here with me, Rusty Mott, and we are excited We're to be here with together, you. both of us at the same time. Episode one, season one, episode one. Before we officially start, was it as hard for you to wait as it was for me? It was. We we did the intro like four weeks ago. It was extremely difficult. It was pretty difficult to extremely hold difficult. out this long. I actually, I've been waiting for the perfect time to tell you this, but I found another podcast partner, and we've started another podcast. Oh, dang it! So Daniel Begno, <laughs> Daniel Begno, oh, that's it. That can't can't wait to hang out and make that happen. No, we are excited to be here. It is. Has been a long wait, but we are eager to get started and so thankful for all of you listeners. Holy moly, thanks so much for the early support. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Taking it back, yeah. But a lot of hope we don't disappoint you. A lot of folks, the yeah. Bar has, the expectations are high. We're going to nail it. If mediocrity is what you're looking for, you have come to the right place. We're, we're going to kill it so good. Like, let me just tell you this. Our first episode is about humility. Yes, um, and, and we are the best at we, humility. You have come to the ultimate source for humility talk. You're going to walk away saying, oh my gosh, those guys are so humble. So humble. Can't believe how humble they are. So humble. This we're going to be Francis Chan humble by the end of this. <laughs> I just get, guys, I, I mean, I've just been thinking about it lately. I, I just, you know what? You know, Hang on. Let's hit the pause is, button. I'm going to sell life? my house. I'm going to put my house in the market right now so I can move to China. You know, I just, I, this is what life's about. You know, I just don't know. You sound like an SNL character <laughs> That's, more than that Francis is, That is my SNL character version of Francis Chan. Or like a really bad Bill Cosby. So, so you guys... I don't know what to... <laughs> so stay tuned next week for our next popular evangelical <laughs> Christian parody. Yeah. It's going to be so good. But that's not why you're here. We are talking today about calling. Calling to ministry. What does that look like? What does that mean? And what does that... Uh, even have to do with our life and our ministries. So we wanted to do something kind of unique. It's day one, week one, episode one of our podcast. And some of you guys out there don't really know Jared or me, or maybe you don't know either of us, but we're glad you're here. So we want to start today just by introducing ourselves and taking a moment, not only to kind of tell you a little bit about who we are and where we're at now, but also how we got here and what the Lord has done in our lives and how we feel that he has called us to the place where we are today. So with that said, Jared, why don't you go ahead and kick us off and and talk about it for a second. So in thinking about calling, this this episode idea came up a couple of weeks ago when you and I were talking about, you know, whether or not ministers had kind of hijacked the word and the idea of being called by God. Um, and I certainly hope that's not the case, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But when we were talking about sharing our own stories of calling, the first thing I thought of was the fact that I literally was raised in the church. And by that, I mean, my mom has been a church secretary for over 30 years. So when I was, you know, summer vacation, spring break, staying home sick, I would go to work with her. And so I literally grew up in the church halls, not just around like the spiritual side of ministry, but seeing the administrative side and the you know the day-to-day kind of the grind of what working in a church looks like. And so I feel like real early on I was kind of I don't want to say pushed that direction but just kind of raised in that environment so I saw what it was about. Um but then I, I responded to to God's call the summer before my senior year at youth camp 
the only place where spiritual things can happen to teenagers yes, is at church amen. camp. Amen. Um, that's why we both are camp pastors. That's right. Because we want some spiritual life to happen. That's in our where ministries. the real ministry happens. I, I don't remember who preached it. I don't remember what he was talking about. I remember I just kind of felt weird through the whole service, um, even the, the music time before. And then when whoever it was got up and started preaching, I didn't hear a word he said. I just sat down and started praying because I knew, I, I knew what God was doing. Um, and, and I had felt for a long time that I would end up in vocational ministry. But that night I just, you know, I just finally said, I just remember sitting there kind of with my head on my lap. Um, it wasn't overly emotional. It was just kind of a time of surrender for me saying, okay, God, you got me. You know, you've, I had thought about, you know, trying to be a musician or a teacher or a writer, all these different things. But, um, I just remember that night at youth camp, you know, in the invitation time, I tapped brother Jeff, our youth pastor on the shoulder and said, Hey, come on, let's go talk. And we got over to the little cafeteria over at, you know, the camp in Newton. Um, and we got over there, and he said, so so you ready to do it? And I said, ready to do what? He said, are you ready to surrender the ministry? I know that's what you're over here, because we you know, had a close relationship. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And even then, you know, later at church group time, it, it was neat to see the affirmation from the other kids in the youth group. And then when we got back to the church, there were some men in the church who just affirmed that. You know, they were like, oh, we knew it. You know, we've known it forever. We've known it since you were little. So that's how I responded, you know, officially to the call. And, and again, you know, as you once you respond to that, God will put scenarios, situations, opportunities in front of you to help groom you, to help train you up, and then to confirm that that call too. So, um, you know, there's still been seasons since then that I've—I wouldn't say I've doubted the call, but I've—I've I've tried to run away from it. You know, I've dabbled with the idea of—I think we all do. You know, I could—I could be a teacher. I could, you know, go be a garbage man. Not that I'm disparaging these other jobs, but just to get out of this full-time vocational ministry. But at the end of the day. Uh, I really I couldn't do anything else and and be content or, or satisfied or feel obedient, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah. Do you definitely. have those days where you're like, man, I could walk out and go work at Chili's? Yes, and I would be a heck of a waiter. I'm convinced. Of yeah, that. you're very servant-hearted. I would. <laughs> well, that's where that's exactly where I was going with it. Uh, just the humility again and the servant's heart. But and you know a lot yeah. about the Chili's menu. <laughs> That is that's a more appropriate reason why. So so where were you when you responded when you finally said, "All right, God, you got me." Well, I I will just say for me, when I think about calling the ministry, that my call was more of a progressive call. It, it wasn't like a this was the moment where I just you know like Billy Graham. I think the the testimony of him, he like walked off into the woods and all of a sudden was like, wow, now I'm called. That might be completely wrong. Fact check me on that and I'll email us later, at yeah. one hour a week, at hour a week podcast at gmail.com. But there are some who do have these crazy experiential callings or even just a very defined moment where they know it happened. But similar to you, I grew up in a really great family and God just blessed me with a church background. And, um, I mean, a wonderful church family who loved the Bible and loved the Lord. And very early on, I just had this feeling that this is what God wanted me to do. And um, it started kind of as just thoughts, inward thoughts, like, I wonder if I'm supposed to do this. And, of course, growing up in a Southern Baptist church, you hear about calling quite sure. a bit, you know. So I'm thinking about what does that look like? I don't really know. So I kind of wrestled with that. Am I supposed to do this? My family uh, owns a business there in my hometown, so it's, and it's literally, quote, the family business. Yeah. That's kind of how it's been for us. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of, I enjoy this, and I enjoy my family. I love being here in, in Sperger, my hometown. This is where I'm from. I want to be here. And 
but now I'm feeling this call to ministry, so I don't really know what that means. And just over time, I, I just co- started having these questions, these conversations and with my parents, with a youth pastor and things like that. And I'll, I'll never forget the moment that I just finally said that I am called to ministry. And it was almost just like a, um, it, it wasn't a moment of surrender. It was a recognition that I had surrendered somewhere along the way. It was, and it also was at a youth camp. It wasn't at Newton. It was if you at want, Piney Woods. If you want God to get you, you got to go to You got to go to camp. That's what so. it is. <laughs> but I remember the at the end of the week, they said, if you're called to ministry in here, we just want you to stand up. And I just naturally stood up and wasn't even thinking a thing of it. And uh, I just from had known leading up to that point, but then that was kind of the marker in the sand where I said, yeah, this is what I'm called to do. And uh, very similar to what you said, and I think we need to touch on that as we continue here in a moment, but there's kind of this inward call that we feel, a personal call, but that is a call that then is affirmed by the the local church that you're a part of. So um, just like you said, God started opening doors and giving opportunities to do things. And from that point forward, that call began to be clarified in my mm-hmm. life. And, um, man, it's I can look back now over 15 years of serving in different ministry capacities and see how God has uniquely prepared me for where I'm at right now. And that's ridiculous because in those moments, all 15 years, even right now, I struggle to think, well, what am I doing here? I don't right. really know what's going on. But then you get on the other side yeah. of it and look back yes. and go, oh, hey, it turns like out God's God knows clearly been doing. working. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, so that's kind of my call to ministry, and I know just I'll, I'll just say that I know some listening to this might say, "Well, is he called?" Because it wasn't a big specific right. moment, but but for me, I think a lot of people today, uh, because we don't have that big experiential moment. <clears throat> excuse me, just got choked up. Not really, but uh, <laughs> Rusty's he's sobbing. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. But because I didn't have this big experiential moment that sometimes you question whether you were really called or not. but Right, because if you look biblically, I mean, kind of the two models we see of, of someone being called to, you know, the, the things that we have are Isaiah and Jeremiah, right, I think are the two yes. most prominent. And those were big experiences. You know, Isaiah had this vision of God's throne room. Jeremiah is, you know, had heard God's, you know, heard God call him. And then you and I are like, well, I just had a feeling. Yeah. And then I went to a camp. Uh, and I think that's probably more common. You know, there are the the outliers that are like, you know, I was I was in a biker gang and I went to prison and I had a vision of God, but those are the anomalies. I think the more common thing, most of the people listening to this were probably similar to us. I just had a feeling and I, you know, God gave me opportunities and I gave into those and kind of like Timothy maybe. Yeah, you know, just kind of raised up in the faith. Raised up, just, you know, continue in the faith that your family instilled in you and that was uh, fanned in a flame when yeah. the when the brothers laid their hands on sure. you and uh, so I, I think the Bible very clearly does show this kind of this inward and outward uh, calling that happens right. where if you are called then you will be affirmed by those that are in your local congregation who will affirm those gifts and affirm that calling. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say it's 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 cool now that you know in our mid thirties or I guess I'm mid thirties, your early thirties. Little baby face Mont, zero. That's what we call him, baby face Mont. It's it's fun to think about that we're in positions now where we can be on the opposite side of that for somebody else, where we can be the Paul to a Timothy. We can be the affirming voice in a young person's life, where we can see kids come up through our church and and when they start, you know, kind of feeling that we can help be the affirming voices. And so, Certainly. I think we need to be confident enough. Um, 
not necessarily in our calling, but we need to be sensitive to the Spirit and confident and, and still obeying so that we can go affirm somebody else. So that 15 years from now when they're doing a podcast, they can say, you know, I had a pastor, you know, Brother Rusty came to me and, and prayed for me or encouraged me or gave me the chance to, to teach or preach or whatever. It's just neat to think that we're on the the other side of that. Yeah, I, I think about, there, I even met a young man from a church in our area last week who feels called to ministry and had surrendered that past Sunday at his church. And he sent me a text literally yesterday just saying, hey, man, I'm excited about uh, ministry. I'd love to sit down and talk and just thinking, man, what an awesome privilege to be in sure. this position. But at the same time, it's fun to be in the middle of it, too, because on the other end of it, I, I've got a friend who is in his 60s, maybe his 70s. I, I don't really know. I'm not going to say his name now because it's going to get awkward, <laughs> who literally just in the last month or two, I've just had some struggles and some of those thoughts we talked about earlier, like, man, I could do something else. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could find something else to do that might be easier. might be better. And in some ways my flesh starts almost getting confused with my spirit and, uh, the eject button starts to look pretty right. good. And I talked to one of this, just this particular brother just a, a month or so ago. And, uh, he just spoke some incredible truth to me, saying, yeah, I, I wanted to do that too. And in fact, he had a testimony of actually doing that at one point in time and being miserable. Yeah, it didn't work out. And, and he said, Rusty, you're called, yeah. and you're going to be miserable if you do this. And it was huge for me. So um, we definitely need each other. We need the body of Christ and our brothers and yeah. sisters in Christ to be able to affirm those gifts and to challenge us. We've got to have somebody us. ahead of us and realize that we're ahead of somebody else. Yes, well, I think we need to shift gears and think for a minute about how do we as ministers and ministry leaders in the church, that's the primary group of folks listening to us, at least we think. We hope you guys are enjoying this and that this is beneficial for you. But I wanted to ask the question, what do you do when someone in your church senses a call to ministry? How do you respond to that uh, as uh, as an associate pastor of youth and, and working with a lot of students, and, and you and I both do a lot of camp stuff. My my camp ministry has actually been for smaller children, so there aren't as many calls to ministry, you know, when you're eight. Uh, not that that can't happen. I mean, I saw that episode of Oprah. That little kid can bring it. Uh, <laughs> that kid's name, Stephen Furtick. <laughs> Still, okay. Still killing it. Still killing it today. All right, but... Uh, you doing youth ministry and being at youth camps, uh, certainly you've, you've had discussions with people who say, hey, man, I, I feel called to ministry. What does that look like for me? So how do you try to encourage people who are called to ministry to take those next steps? I think we have to recognize that, first of all, you know, we, I mentioned earlier that have ministers hijacked the word call. Every Christian is called. That's right. We're called to a relationship with Christ. We're called to a different kind of lifestyle. And so when I talk to students especially, I will tell them, you can't be called to ministry if you're not responding to the call to holiness. Like, like the, the most important thing to prepare yourself for a life of ministry is you have to be striving to live a Christ-like life. And so first, I kind of, especially with students, because that is such a, a time in life. I mean, it's no secret that, that teenagers sin, and they're surrounded by those temptations. And so first, we, you know, I like to address that with them, that you have to be... Um, obedient in the things that you know right now. You have to protect yourself, guard your heart, you know, all the cliches that we use in youth ministry. Um, and then I encourage them, if I'm if I'm not their youth pastor, if it is like in a camp setting, I find their youth pastor and we talk to them about it together and hopefully see some kind of sign from their youth pastor to affirm it right then. Like, oh yeah, cool, that's great. And then try to help them, you know, before they leave the camp, set up some kind of follow-up with that. For me in my ministry, um, 
we have we have a smaller group, and so we don't see it a lot. But last year we had, I'd say, two years ago, um, my wife and I kind of took one of our students under our wing, and we we recognized the call in her life before she did. Um, and so we did our best just to disciple her personally. We'd bring her into our house. We'd, you know, helped raise her up in the faith as best as we could. Um, once she recognized the call, we, we were like, yeah, we know. You know, we're just glad that you finally caught up with it. And then we give her opportunities. We, we give them opportunities to serve, uh, to teach, to preach, to lead, to do whatever. Um, but also... I try to let them in on that behind-the-scenes stuff like I was talking about earlier. Don't just give them a chance to teach and preach and pray in public, but give them a chance to help move furniture. Give them a chance to help you know, run copies, do some of the administrative stuff. That way, they, Because if you're called to vocational ministry, you know, preaching is the best thing we get to do, but that's the thing we do least, right? I mean, there's preparation, there's meetings, there's visits, there's phone calls, there's all this. I keep using the word administrative, but you know what I mean, the office work type stuff, the church grounds type stuff. Um, and so I want to make sure that they're happy, not just with the, the stuff that they see. You know, we go to, to camp and we stand on stage and people think, wow, that's cool. I want to do that. But you and I both know that going to camp and standing on stage and bringing our best and funniest sermons, that's the highlight reel. You know, the day-to-day grind is is what I want to prepare them for yeah. more so. And that's one thing I've already always appreciated about your ministry a couple of years ago at camp. Um, one of the churches that went is in our association, and one of their uh, adult sponsors came back and told me uh, that you had said on the last day, hey, guys, like tomorrow I'm going to be emptying the trash out of the Sunday school rooms yeah. at my church. And I thought, man, what a what a true statement, and, and that just kind of shows that there is a different level, that it's not always uh, what people see that seems all that great. There. Uh, I want to just kind of, I guess, when you're thinking about ministry, something that I think is important to do when you're talking to someone who may feel called to ministry is first, like you said, show that there is a side that can be more difficult and the grind, as you called it. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Peterson uh, says something along the lines of uh, pastoral ministry is a diaper-changing ministry, yeah. and that's not to demean the people we have the the honor of shepherding. That's just saying it's a dirty job. You know, everybody wants to hold a baby, and they're like, oh, that's so cute. But when when my one-year-old ends up filling a diaper, I'm like trying to find somebody to hand her off to, right? It's yeah. not cute anymore. It's not. But, but pastoral ministry is being there in the good and the bad and the in-between of those times. So it's something we have to go through. But on the other side of that, there is a tendency of ministry leaders that I've seen that is frustrating for me, and that's almost talking down on the profession that God has blessed us with, almost to the point where, like, uh, one thing I hear often is, um, if you can do anything else, do it. And I understand the heart behind that. It right. says, then you must not be called. You, if have, you have to be something. called. If but, you're not so called, I, don't try to do amen. it. Amen. Yes and amen to that. But it almost comes with a, this is just such a whooping, this is the biggest beat down in the right. history of the world, and only somebody called could have... But man, we've got a great job. It's like, so good. Like we are, we are essentially on the clock this morning. We are doing this before we actually start our work day. But our churches joyfully affirm this work that we're doing sure. to minister to ministers and ministry leaders. So we have an awesome job that blesses us in so many ways. But one thing I try to do, and we we've got a guy in our church right now who um, is a little bit later in life, not a teenager by any stretch. In fact, he has teenagers. And he feels called to ministry. So uh, one thing that I've talked to him about is, man, are, are you serving at your utmost in the church right now? 
And I think that's one thing people oftentimes over the years, the people who've been called to ministry that I know, they come and they say they're called to ministry, yet they're not serving in the church right now. And that's a huge red flag to me. So some of you listening right now may say, I'm called to ministry, but you're not faithful in a church right now. Mm. You're not plugged in and serving anywhere right now. Uh, Listen, 18 to 24-year-olds, college students, maybe late high school students, if you're feeling called to ministry, we need more young ministers. The reality is, I, I read Barner Research came out with an article just this week saying that the average age of pastors is now 54, and that's as high as it's been in a long time, and that it's just creeping upward over the, is the trend. So yeah, we and need more young ministers. They also show, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but you know how, how few people that start out in ministry will retire from ministry yes. also. I believe it's one in ten, if I'm not mistaken. I'll fact check that and edit it out if it's not <laughs> correct. But but yeah, it's it's so it's a tough thing where um, you may feel called to ministry, but I know that I would not be here today if I had not been plugged into the local church and the pastors, the ministry leaders, the churches that God by his grace placed me in have made me the minister that I am today. So you could, if you're called to ministry, then step one is finding somewhere to minister today yeah. in whatever capacity that may be. And like you said, um, teaching a kid's program, being a small group leader in a kid's program. And this guy I was talking about, man, he's just dove in. He's serving anywhere he can in the church, taking a seminary extension course. He's just diving in, and that's what I encouraged him to do. You're not going to be called to ministry and then the next week be uh, – preaching. It's and I know you and I both had the opportunity as high school students to lead worship in our churches. Yes. I think yes. I was 16 or 17 when, when we were between youth ministers and they asked me um, if I could fill in for, and I ended up doing it for six or eight months, you know, but as a high school student, and it was, I don't, maybe they paid me 50 bucks a week or something, I don't remember, but they gave me the opportunity to serve, and so I took it. I wasn't picky about what I got to do. You just, you just serve and serve, right? So if yeah. you're called to ministry, you're called to serve, so start doing it. Yeah, some of the best advice I got is at a youth camp a few years after I've, I kind of recognized that call, there was a session where the speaker said, hey, th- we're just having a breakout session for anyone called to ministry. And there were a lot of people in there. One guy's, I'm called to be a youth minister. I'm called to be a children's minister. I'm called to be a senior pastor. Yeah. And I'll never forget the guy just looking at us lovingly, but also boldly and saying, guys, you don't know what you're called to do. You just know that you're called to serve the right. Lord. And that was so affirming and challenging and convicting to that whole group, and I received it really well. And I've never strived to say I'm called to this or I'm called to that. But instead, I'm called to minister, and whatever capacity God gives me that, I want to do it. And when, just like you said, taking those opportunities, you kind of discover what you're at and see what you're going to do. And you, uh, you know, I, I did music for a long time and, you know, again, was kind of gifted in that and was able to do that. And that paid for my college and also got me in at the church where I learned the most about pastoral ministry. I, I went there as the music minister, but God was using that and preparing. And as I got opportunities, I was a youth minister right out of high school, hated lock-ins, hated really yes, going retweet, to camp preach on the lock-in hated all yes. these things like it, it just was it was not my favorite i loved the kids and i just discovered during that time though that i had a passion for teaching the bible so i, I knew really quickly this is what i want to do i want to teach and preach the <laughs> word of god so it could be you take those opportunities to help figure out what you don't want to do there is a sense of that and sure. i think that's appropriate and it's okay and and there but here's the thing like you said general and specific call we talked about that mm-hmm. in the intro a little bit 
I think that I was generally called to ministry and through trial and error seems like a weird phrase to use, but I, I believe God did call me to serve as the youth minister at Memorial Baptist in Corsicana. And Shut up. God yeah, what up? And God gave me that chance to develop and, and to use my gifts and develop my gifts in that. And I discovered some things that just really made me just feel like I was in the middle of what God had gifted me to do. And there were other things that were way outside the box for me. So when God was moving me to a different ministry, I was able to kind of develop that and say, okay, well, this is this is some, something in my old ministry that wasn't really in my gift set. So I want to look maybe in this direction. And God just kind of used those things. And um, even coming to Kuntz to be the pastor here, I looked at this church. I, when I they interviewed me, I was interviewing them because I knew it needed to be a specific type of church for it to work with me. I knew what I was looking for because I'd been at different churches. So, yeah, I, I think God uh, specifically calls us, it, but it's under the umbrella of that general call. So how do we then, in, in the last few minutes we have, because we do promote this as a 30-minute ministry podcast, so Amen. we'll keep it in a, a well, you know, give or take three or five minutes. So how do we as ministry leaders encourage people in our congregations or under our uh, leadership umbrella? How do we make sure they realize that they have a calling to, if it might not be to vocational ministry, but we as pastors, we as, as ministry leaders don't want to hijack the word calling and say, oh, well, God only has callings. You know, can you be a teacher and be fulfilling God's calling? Can you be a stay-at-home mom? Can you be, you know, work in administration in a hospital? Can you be doing some office job? and still fulfill your calling. I think that we as ministry leaders, full-time pastors and, and the like, we're, you know, what we're doing is we're exercising our spiritual gifts, and it happens to be a spiritual gift that lends itself to vocational uh, opportunities, that we are full-time pastors. We're full-time. So how do we encourage the people who aren't pastors, who have other spiritual gifts, uh, other vocational gifts, how do we encourage them to find and fulfill their calling if it's not to full-time ministry? Well, I think we have to start with the reality that everybody is called. Everybody is called to ministry. Everybody is called to serve. Everybody is called to be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever they are at right here in this moment. And, and that's not just a cliche. That's it's scriptural that, truth. This is, this is the truth. This is reality. So if you are listening to this on your lunch break, if you are listening to this in your car on your way to work, you are every bit as much called, equipped, and prepared to be a minister of the gospel where you're going to be at today as your pastor is sitting in his office right now and doing the work of the vocational minister. And again, we use that term hijack. I, I think there are a couple things to think about. The church should, number one, we, we need to be giving people the opportunity to respond to the call to pastor and be a vocational minister. I think we've backed off of that a little bit. But equally, we need to be making sure that everybody understands whether you're called to vocational ministry or not, you are a minister. Right. You are an ambassador of the gospel. So you need to be going out and doing the work of ministry. If you're a teacher, then you're called to be a teacher for the glory of God. If you're a mechanic, you're called to be a mechanic for the glory of God. So everybody's called. There's no doubt about it. The question is, are you fulfilling your calling today and what you're doing? Right, and that goes back to... Each of us has the responsibility to pursue holiness first, to pursue a relationship with Christ first. And then as we do that, his call on our life, whatever it will, you know, whatever it might be, will become more clear to us. But nobody's going to be called to ministry opportunities full time or bivocational or or otherwise 
you're not going to get the chance to have those ministry opportunities if you're not first pursuing a relationship with Christ. So so evangelism, discipleship, reaching out to others begins with me focusing on Christ personally and through that finding those opportunities to reach other people too. I think that because the word calling and the idea of calling has taken on sort of a, a full-time vocational, we've kind of elevated it to something other than maybe what it was meant to be. I think it's a double-edged sword. One, it can make pastors feel above, but also it can cause the congregation, it can cause the flock to say, oh, well, ministry is for pastors. Ministry is for people who are called. I'm not called to ministry, so I'm not called to minister. So like you were saying, we have to realize that every Christian is called to ministry. Let's not set up a false dichotomy. Ministers might have a vocational job of ministry, but every single person who is a called Christian is a minister. If you have any thoughts about calling, uh, feel free to drop some comments on the Facebook page, Twitter, email, just get in touch with us and let us know, you know, maybe you want to share your story of how you were called and responded to that, or maybe you've got a cool story about affirming that call in somebody else's life. We would love to hear that. We don't want this to be just Jared and Rusty talking at you, but we're hoping to develop kind of a community uh, of people who are encouraging each other. So feel free to share your stories uh, on any avenue that we have. Um, and, and we'd love to hear from you about your calling. I know we're going to see some of you in the very near future. We, you know, we're, we don't think this is reaching thousands and thousands of unknown people. We know that most of you listening are people we know. So let's continue this conversation as we see you. We'd love to do that. Check us out at ourawekpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitter. Where are we at on Twitter, Jared? At ourawekpod. And speaking of Twitter and Facebook and social Uh, media. Oh, yeah, we got a giveaway. The real reason you're listening. In fact, you might have just been fast-forwarding to get to this part. uh, By the time we edit this, it's going to be under 30 minutes, but I also just have to be sure to tell you that, uh, man, you've listened to 30 minutes just for this moment, and we recognize that. So we want to... We want to also affirm that call. Some of listen. you are going to unsubscribe after you realize you didn't win the Bible <laughs> and the coffee. So we've got four, two lucky winners. We have a pound of Hope Coffee. Hope Coffee is coffee with the cause. We love coffee. We like coffee with the cause even better. Hope Coffee supports the Honduran church. Every single bit of their revenue that is making money goes to support the Honduran church. So we are just excited to be able to give away a pound of that. But also, what else are they getting, Jared? And an ESV Reader's Bible. Yeah. Super fancy. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we've got our winners ready, and we are going to announce them. First, let's tell them who our Facebook winner is. Our Facebook winner is uh, a guy that Rusty knows from Waterbrook Bible Fellowship in Wiley, John Robbins. John Robbins, (laughs) J-Robbs. John Robbins. John uh, was... Always jealous of my ability to compete at a high level in the intramural sport of softball. He knows that's not true, so that's a good inside (laughs) joke for one listener. But John is a good guy who served in a variety of ministries, and I'm excited to be able to bless him with this. John, if you will just send us your mailing address, we will ship those things immediately. ESV Bible and a pound of Hope Coffee. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it. hey And from Twitter... Uh, a guy that Rusty and I both know and have uh, served with at youth camp, since we're talking about youth camp so much today, uh, Jonathan Kofer, First Baptist Buna. My man. Is he? 
Uh, yeah, he's my man. He is now. You said he's it. He's a good guy. A, it's it's John, recorded for posterity. <laughs> John is a good guy. Uh, he's an Arkansas fan, so I don't know what that says about him. We'll pray for him. That's all we can do. I feel like we were real serious today. We it, got it got heavy. It got deep. quick. And But, hey, I tell you what, it was a good, fruitful conversation. And I hope so. Hey, I think we're going to get better at this as we go, so oh, we want to really encourage you to stick so. with us. Um, don't give up on us yet. The idea of this is just having a cup of coffee with us and being a part of the conversation. So I hope this blessed you today. And we're just, literally both drinking coffee right are. now, so I hope you are too, listeners. Hey, and... Join us online, give us a call, reach out to us, Twitter, social media, whatever, and be a part of this conversation, and we can't wait to visit with you guys next week. That's it. Drop the mic. <laughs>